Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Druids Grove. Today we are going to be talking about the elements. And by now you've heard me talk a lot about the elements in the different episodes, but why are the elements important in Druidry? So simply stated, everything in the universe is composed of or is an expression of the elements. And there are five elements which we've talked about. Earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. And many people may disagree about the concept of spirit being an element. And this is completely fine. Uh, Many people in the scientific field don't see uh, the concept of spirit as an element. Or they may even disagree about the four elements themselves being called an element because they're not on the periodic table. So when we look at water, for instance, um, it's made of hydrogen and oxygen. But your perspective on that is, is appropriate for whatever belief system you have and however you want to approach it. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of Druidry. And the approach uh, and the perspective, I guess, that Druidry and other pagan practices take, uh, they don't discount the elements of the periodic table or the elements as they are seen in science. Um, but we do look at the concept of elements from the perspective of our ancestors, so the way they looked at it um, before the invention of science was developed to explain our existence and to try to understand nature. So this does not mean that you must hold on to one perspective or the other, or that they must be, you know, kind of diametrically opposed to each other. Um, you don't have to see it this way or that way. Um, this would be kind of uh, antithetical to the way that Druidry approaches the world. Um, so in Druidry, we want to see the truth. Uh, we want to look at all things from all different angles and different perspectives and kind of come to a conclusion that helps us to feel spiritually connected and to develop an understanding of things. So you can see things from a scientific perspective and from the spiritual perspective at the same time, and that's okay. So, in Druidry, by <clears throat> excuse me, by approaching the world from this perspective, um, it, it makes it easier to understand and to relate to and to kind of categorize things. And I will do an episode on each of the elements in the future, but I wanted this episode to d- kind of discuss the elements from uh, a general perspective. So. You know, again, what are the elements? Why do we talk about them? How do we incorporate them into our daily lives? So, again, fire, earth, air, water, and spirit, they are integral to our daily lives. And by associating various concepts with them, we can develop a relationship with them. And then we can have a connection with them and develop an understanding of them and then what they represent and then see how that affects our lives. And in Druidry, there are various um, there's various symbolism associated with each of the elements. So, uh, the element of Earth is associated with the direction of north, and the animal of the bear. 
the element of air is associated with the east and is usually associated with a bird. The element of fire is associated with the south and is associated with a stag or a deer. And the element of water is associated with the west and also with a fish. And then if we look at the element of spirit, that is not associated with any direction. It's kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, it is kind of, um, if you look at a compass, it would be kind of like in the center of the compass. So that would be the spirit, kind of the, the life force behind all things. Or if you want to call it energy or a soul or whatever term you like to use. And there are many ways that elements are used in druidry. For instance, in ceremony, in prayer, in meditation, we acknowledge them and we call to them and utilize them in a variety of ways. Um, we can approach them from the perspective of adopting their characteristics or their traits in our lives at any time and for any situation to kind of give us strength or guidance. And the first way in Druidry that you're likely to encounter it, other than from um, just learning about the elements and what they represent, would be in, in ceremony. And not necessarily ceremonial magic, but just um, many forms of Druidry use ceremony for, like, commemoration of a holiday, to acknowledge the holidays of the will of the year, to, you know, whatever reason you want to have a ceremony. It can be as simple as wanting to um, have a meditation, and you may do a, a little ceremony before you do a meditation. But if you, if you do start a formal study of Druidry, you will come across ceremonial practice um, in many of the Druidic practices and many other pagan practices as well. Some people say that the ceremonial um, ceremony is necessary. Some say it's not. Again, it's up to you. Um, but in ceremony, um, we address the four quarters, so north, south, east, and west, and the associated elements. And some people address the animal representation of that element and direction as well. So this allows us to look in all directions and kind of cover all the directions and the areas around us. It, it, it helps to encompass the whole world, the universe. You know, whether we are calling for peace, we are asking for guidance, or we are thanking those beings and entities in those directions and associated with those elements. And by associating it with the elements, we can do, uh, we can do the same to the elements. So not just um, the spirit, but actually, you know, the, the actual element itself of earth, air, water, and fire. And when we do this, it kind of helps us to understand that these elements constitute everything around us in the world, the universe, and also um, looking back historically from the ancient pag pagan perspective and the, and, uh, the way our ancestors approached spiritual practice. So, in essence, by addressing fire, earth, air, water, and spirit, we are addressing all beings and all entities, um, the seen and the unseen. Uh, the forces of nature that shape the external world and our internal world. And by addressing these concepts or these entities or beings and so on, we can uh, ask for blessings or guidance. We can express gratitude. We can, again, we can call for peace, which is very important in Druidry, or even commune with the spirits associated with these elements. And without going into too much detail, um, again, if you take on a formal uh, druidic spiritual path or you read many books, you'll, you'll come across um, how ceremonies are performed. 
but depending on the practice, there's typically a specific order followed to ensure consistency. Um, but you know, bet between groups or even with individuals, the actual practice will vary considerably. So, for instance, one may light a candle, um, an individual candle, and go and address each element in each direction, or light a candle in each direction to associate it with each element. Or they may make offerings of food or water or fire or gifts of creativity such as poetry or art. And ceremony can be done in a group or as an individual. And what it does is when you perform ceremony, it kind of takes you out of the kind of the, the everyday world and the everyday for um, informality and it makes it makes what you're doing a very formal process and it makes makes it very important at this time. It kind of brings attention and intention to whatever you're doing. And it's it kind of turns it into like a special time, a special place to formally connect with your intention for whatever purpose that may be. And as I said, some people do it on holidays or the wheel of the year to celebrate those holidays. Uh, to acknowledge the passing of the seasons, or you may even do it again just to create a sacred space and a moment to ask for guidance or to express gratitude as you progress through Druidry or with other spiritual practices, or again to perform meditation or shamanic journeying. And I'll do an episode later about ceremony specifically, um, what that looks like, the intention of ceremony and more. Um, but again, it kind of is there to create a uh, protected and safe and sacred space and time to kind of let go of the outside world and to focus all your attention and intention in these few minutes to kind of build up and express um, express your energy or to kind of harness energy related to the universe um, and that's how we use the elements in, in ceremony and in daily practice outside of ceremony um, it can look very similar but without the kind of formality of ceremony. For instance, if I'm in the woods, um, I can just take a brief moment, stand at the bank of a creek or a river, and just try to see how I can I understand and connect the five elements to what's around me at the time. You know, I'm in that moment, I am standing on the earth, uh, the water of the creek is flowing in front of me, I'm breathing in the air with all the, you know, the particles released by the plants and the soil and the trees, which is a component of earth as well. And I can see the fire of life flowing in me and in the flora and fauna around me. I see, I see all elements in everything around me. It helps me to be aware of the connection between all beings and myself and the environment around me. I am not a separate entity kind of standing in or on this place and passing through it. I am one with the environment that is around me. I am not in it. I actually am the environment. I am part of the ecosystem. And in regards to Druidry, this helps me to develop an appreciation and an understanding that I would otherwise um, not be aware of. You know, I could stand at the creek and just walk by and admire the beauty and listen to the sound of the water running and, you know, just be, be thankful that it's a beautiful day and just keep walking. But Druidry helps to bring a much deeper understanding and connection to whatever we're trying to uh, approach with with that mindfulness. And for instance, another um, another daily practice um, or a meditation that can be used to 
connect with the elements, um, you can develop a, a daily kind of practice or a daily ritual. And so, for instance, for me, part of my daily morning meditation before I even get out of bed, um, I take a moment and I think and I say out loud or sometimes in my head. Um, and there, there are various forms of this, but you could, this is kind of what I do. So some people will say God or goddesses or God's goddess or spirit of the universe. I typically just use the term, you know, spirit of the universe or great spirit. Um, you know, thank you for the restful night. As I go through my day to day, I ask the element of earth that you provide me with strength and stability and patience. Element of air. I ask that you provide me with intellect, knowledge, and wisdom I need to make good decisions. The element of fire. I ask that you provide me with uh, passion and determination to meet whatever goals I have and to travel the path set before me. Element of water. I ask that you allow me to be fluid and flexible and adaptable, to have peace in my day. An element of spirit. I ask that you allow me to be aware of your presence and to help me connect to the spirit of life that is in all things. So that's kind of an example of a prayer I might do every, every morning. And it may be that I say all of those words very long and drawn out, or it may be just a, a very quick, succinct thought. Um, but I can also do that any time during the day if I don't feel grounded or connected, if I'm feeling anxious or if I'm lost in ego and self and feeling frustrated or if I get lost in the, the mental trappings of kind of being a human in a human-focused society. It's very easy to get drawn into this idea, and I've talked about this before, that as a human being, I'm in control of things, and things should revolve around me. Um, but by connecting with the elements and stepping back and saying just a brief meditation or a brief prayer, it kind of really puts things into perspective that you are truly connected to everything. And I'll also frequently, um, I'll call out and kind of reach out to the, the animal spirit or the animal characteristic that is associated with each of the elements to ask for their guidance and to take on their traits as well. And another way to approach the elements in general um, is kind of in an appreciative, an appreciation of the elements and kind of seeking understanding um, way is to look at our food. So by looking at our food and what we consume and what nourishes us and seeing where it comes from, we can easily see and appreciate the elements. And I learned about this in Buddhism many years ago, but it also applies to Druidry. Um, for instance, when I'm eating a plant or an animal, I can take the time to really think about and kind of look deeply into what it took to make that entity or that being or that plant or that animal or whatever. I can look at it and I see the sun, I can see the clouds and the rain, the cycle that the rain follows from falling as rain and nourishing the soil and the plants, then being released and expressed as evaporation, returning to a cloud, and then becoming rain again to start the cycle over. I see the element of earth because I can see the nutrients that were in the earth that kind of follow the same pattern, taking one form and being consumed or dying and then returning to the earth. To become another form. I can see the element of air in my food, which contains many compounds and chemicals um, necessary for life. You know, without, without any of these, um, the fire, or the, which would be the sun, or earth and soil and minerals and water and air, 
life on our planet and life for me and you would not be possible. I, I would not be possible. And again, some people disagree about the element of spirit, but if we look at, if we look at it, the element of spirit is also present. And many spiritual traditions throughout the world acknowledge the spirit of the food they are consuming, and not just if it's an animal. You know, um, many hunters um, in, in many different societies across the world have um, uh, kind of a ritual practice if they kill an animal that they, you know, they have some way of connecting with the spirit of that animal and thanking it for its sacrifice. But many people also do that with, um, many cultures also do that with plants as well. So today in our world, sadly, uh, most of us buy food at a grocery store. We are completely disconnected from the source of our food. You know, we eat an apple or a steak or we use salt and pepper without batting an eye. We don't even think about where it came from. We don't think about the life cycle of that item or what it took to create it or how long it took to create it. Um, we don't acknowledge all of the elements that went into it at the perfect combination to form that thing that will allow us to keep living. And by taking the time to really look deeply into our meal and our food and to acknowledge where it came from, we can slow down and see, you know, we can really see how we are inter interconnected to everything around us and how the elements play a role in our daily life. This can, this can also help us to avoid uh, being wasteful with um, overconsumption um, or, you know, eating half of a meal and, and throwing throwing the rest of the meal out to just decompose where they won't be returned to the earth. You know, if we throw things, we throw food in the trash and we don't compost it, it's just going to go into a landfill and rot away. I mean, sure, birds can come by and pick it up, but it's very difficult for those, um, the, the compounds that make up the, the wasted food to really get back to the earth to help regenerate the earth. And by, by thinking about this, we can uh, avoid being wasteful and avoid just throwing things away. And also in relationship to our food, um, thinking about our food and the elements, it helps us to look at the items that are used to package our food and maybe help us cut down on the items taken from the earth um, to make all these plastics and bags and you know all, all, the, all the things that contain our food and and that take thousands of years to decompose you know these elements are taken out of the earth and they're they're turned into these compounds and materials and then they're thrown into a landfill and you know like styrofoam for instance taking thousands of years to decompose and even paper bags and cardboard you know we're cutting down trees to make paper products you know and then we're thinking about all of the chemicals that we put in our food either directly through the food or into the the um, containers that then leach into our food. And again, this helps us to really look at all of the elements, fire, earth, air, water, and spirit, that it went into to making these containers and these products and these chemicals. And realistically, all of these elements and compounds would be better just left in the earth, undisturbed, to exist as they were meant to. And I know this is a really weird topic to talk about uh, in regards to the elements, but it's something that affects all of us, and because there are so many billions of people on the planet, it makes a really big difference in the the nature of our Earth and how how we are, uh, you know, just taking from it and, and destroying it. And another way to simply look at the elements would be to look at our own body. Um, 
you can do meditations on this, and it's very simple and very easy. Um, maybe you've never time to think. Of, you've never taken the time to think about your body this way. But what parts of your body are composed of the earth? So really, anything physical that you can touch, or even uh, at a microscopic level, you know, from your femur bone, the biggest bone in your body, to your skin, to uh, the outer wall of a cell that comes from the physical components of earth. Everything that our body is made of came from physical, the physical part of the earth around us through our food. And if we look at water, of course, we can think of blood, but what other elements of water are inside of us? We have, you know, tears, we have nasal drainage, we have um, the surfactant that lines our lungs and allows our lungs to expand and contract without friction. Uh, we have mucus in our gut that allows bacteria to live there and to thrive and break down our food that keeps us alive. Um, we have liquid in the oil that moisturizes our skin. You know, the water that we drink goes into our blood and goes throughout our whole body and then is filtered through your kidneys in the form of urine and so much more. There's just so many ways that water is in your body. And then if we think about air, of course, we, we breathe. You know, we breathe air in and out. Air moves in and out of our lungs. But also at the microscopic level, we have oxygen from the air outside of our bodies that gets exchanged in the capillaries of our lungs with carbon dioxide being expelled. This oxygen molecule binds to the hemoglobin in our blood and it gets transported through our watery blood and gets transported to all the cells in our body to use. We breathe without even thinking about it. And, and you know, we are accessing the element of air without even being aware of it. We don't have to think to breathe. Our body just naturally does it. You know, try focusing on your breath and try to stop breathing. And, and you can't for very long. If you try to breathe really quickly, at a really fast pace, you can't do that very long either. Your body maintains a balance of air. It it, it needs a, a, um, air in a very specific um, amount, and your body will thrive to maintain that. So then we have to look at fire. So if we look at fire, um, fire is taking place in, in all over our body as well. The cells in our bodies use fire through the process of chemical reactions to keep us alive. It creates energy through the mitochondria and muscle contractions and the, the breaking down of food and, and so many other processes. And then, of course, the last element, we look at spirit. And this is the element that allows us to keep changing, to be aware of what's happening inside and outside our bodies, and to respond. Spirit is what keeps us moving forward. Or, if we have uh, an unhealthy mental state, it's what um, makes us move uh, backwards. So these same elements and processes are happening in all beings. You know, in the animism, animism episode, I talked about the spirit in plants and rocks and trees and so on. And everything, everything responds to input and impulses by manipulating and, and working with the, the elements within it and outside of it, all five elements. So there's really nothing that you can look at on Earth that doesn't incorporate all five of the elements. So then, um, from a psychological perspective, uh, we can look at the elements, and they can be uh, seen and utilized as different aspects of our personality. So 
the goal of any human being is to become a, a fully integrated into themselves, to to reach their maximum potential and to become fully self-realized, to become who they're meant to be. And to do this, this means uh, maintaining balance and being balanced. So if we look at it from an elemental perspective, not being too earthy or too airy or too fiery or too watery. So again, I'm going to dive into these much more deeply with an episode on each element. Um, But, you know, if we look at earth and stability and strength, um, someone that is too earthy can be someone that is too rigid and firm and fixed and they're not adaptable. Someone that is too airy, we've, many people have heard the term airhead. So someone that is kind of, another term would be flighty, uh, like a bird flighty. So you're just kind of all over the place and and you're floating around and you don't have any stability and you don't have any uh, focus. And if we look at fire, someone's too fiery. They have too much passion, too much energy, too much drive. They're just um, too, um, too, they can be angry or full of rage. And if we look at water, someone that's too watery might also be just kind of um, uh, slippery. Uh, they're just, um, you know, they're, they're, they kind of just go everywhere without any direction and, and let things control them and direct their flow. So we have all these aspects um, of the elements that we can tap into and understand and connect with and utilize at any time. And in many ceremonies, um, ritual takes place, the ritual takes place kind of at the center of the circle. So with the the four directions are being acknowledged, um, the four elements are being acknowledged, and then the actual ceremony takes place kind of in the center with all of the elements and the directions kind of surrounding it and being acknowledged and worship at the edge of the circle. So that's where spirit lies. Spirit is at the center of that circle. And just like in ceremony, uh, we, on our own, we must always kind of return to the calm center of the circle. We must always uh, return to the calm center of our being and utilize the elements when they are needed for whatever the situation may arise. And then again, return back to that center, uh, center calmness and stillness. So if we need to utilize an element, whether we need to be more strong and firm, or we need to be more intellectual, or we need more passion and ambition and drive, or we need to be more flexible and adaptable, we can reach out and and access those elements and then come back once we have accomplished what we need to, to, to settle and to be calm and still and at peace. So this is a brief overview um, about the elements. Um, and applying the elements, working with the elements, can be as simple or as complex as you want it to be. And I do hope this introduction gave you some insight into how to look at the elements and approach them, to understand, appreciate, and connect with the elements in your life. And I thank you for listening, and I look forward to doing the episodes about each element individually. And thank you. Hello. It is the first week of November, and I am in the Northern Hemisphere. And I just got back from taking my dog for a walk in the woods, and I was immediately struck by how quickly things have changed. And fall going into winter, um, it's this very liminal, transitional time of year. I guess all seasons are uh, kind of a liminal space and a liminal time. 
but um, to me fall is very much like that it's like I get excited about the change of the leaves and I you know am aware of them and and see how beautiful they are and then all at once I go out in the woods today and most of the leaves are down this very bright light the whole forest is just radiating with this bright light from the sun that the the canopy that used to be there the canopy of leaves is not blocking anymore and it was very quiet there were no birds today uh, the only animals I heard were a couple of squirrels running around so hearing their foot footfall in the leaves and I just was standing there listening and thinking and for some reason uh, my favorite author Henry David Thoreau came into mind um, Thoreau is an author from the 1800s he was part of the transcendentalism movement so there are many authors within that movement um, but they are very um, very nature-based in their writings and they compare they talk about how um, humanity is getting away from nature and needs to go back into connection with nature and being more independent and getting away from society so if you haven't looked into Henry David Thoreau or transcendentalism or Emerson you know all those authors I would encourage you to just check it out if you're interested so I got back to the car and I guess the awe one was flowing through me and inspiring me so I just looked up Henry David Thoreau and fall and uh, some websites came up and some of his uh, writings so I found a few on this one website um, it's a Henry David Thoreau quotes about autumn and these are just various writings from some of his books so the first one he says I would rather sit on a pumpkin and have it all to myself than be crowded on a velvet cushion And then the next, I am struck by the simplicity of light in the atmosphere in the autumn, as if the earth absorbed none, and out of this profusion of dazzling light came the autumnal tints. And that one kind of reflects how I was feeling today, so it's kind of funny that I came across that writing. Um, you know, as I was standing in the, in the forest, I'm just amazed at how bright it was. Another is, summer passes into autumn in some unimaginable point of time like the turning of a leaf. So that's an interesting metaphor because, um, like I was saying, we don't, unless you pick a specific leaf or a tree and follow it and pay attention to it every day and see the slow changes, you may notice one day that it's uh, changed a little bit of color and then a few weeks later, now the leaves are gone. And so it just, the seasons pass similarly to um, the way a leaf changes. Just all at once it seems like it's here, but it does take its time if we can pay attention to it. And then another quote, To anticipate not the sunrise and the dawn merely, but if possible, nature herself. How many mornings, summer and winter, before yet any neighbor was stirring about his business, have I been about mine? So many autumn, I, and winter days, spent outside the town, trying to hear what was in the wind, to hear and carry it express. I well nigh sunk all my capital in it, and lost my own breath into the bargain, running in the face of it. And then I'll read one more. In summer we live out of doors and have only impulses and feelings, which are all for action, and must wait commonly for the stillness and longer nights of autumn and winter before any thought will subside. We are sensible that behind the rustling leaves and the stacks of grain and the bare clusters of the grape, there is the field of a wholly new life which no man has lived. 
that even this earth was made for more mysterious and nobler inhabitants than men and women. In the hue of October sunsets, we see the portals to other mansions than those which we occupy. So I really like that one. Um, it's just it's just got a lot of metaphor in in that one. Um, you know, talking about how the earth was made for more mysterious and nobler inhabitants than men and women. You know, again, that's kind of harking back to the the idea that we are truly not in control, and there are so many more things on this planet that this earth uh, benefits than just us. And how in the summer we're so busy and hectic and we're running around and doing things. And we kind of long for the, well, at least I do, and, and many people do, long for the, the the stillness and the calmness of winter so that we can take time and get into that, that period of um, rest and preparation for the next year and rebirth and reflection that we've talked about before. And then in the last sentence there, in the hues of October sunsets, we see the portals to other mansions than which we occupy. And so for me, when I'm reading that, I think about um, how looking at a beautiful October sunset, um, the portals to other mansions than those which we occupy. So just being able to look into different worlds and different perspectives and different different mindsets than what we are currently in. It's, again, October and fall are these liminal kind of uh, transitional periods. And to be able to look look at a, a time and a place and a feeling and a mindset different than what we've been accustomed to. It's just it's just a wonderful feeling. So I just wanted to share all this inspiration with you and and wish you a happy fall if you're in the northern hemisphere and a happy spring if you are in the southern hemisphere. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druids Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.